you're listening to Welcome back to episode two of Life Lessons with Laura. Of course, I could not start a podcast and use my voice if it wasn't for some kind of good um, to come out of it or some kind of information to share that's actually of value. And I think in 2023, we're seeing some of the craziest, most unprecedented times. And being that these are some crazy, unprecedented times, I think there is no better time than to stand together. There's no better time than to come together as a community and really stand up for what it is we believe in and what it is we want and how we foresee the world changing for the better. So the very first episode after my introduction must be on how to be an anti-racist and how to be an ally because we really need to focus on getting back together as a collective and doing more good as a collective instead of focusing on tearing each other down we need to face the issues that we're having across the globe together In order to do that and have a productive way of talking to one another and interacting with one another, we have to understand how to be anti-racist and how to be allies to each other. So to start, um, an anti-racist is basically a person who opposes racism and promotes racial equality. So a committed anti-racist is somebody who promotes racial equality equality, um, who's actively opposing racial equality. So there are actually some steps that you can take to become an anti-racist. Um, first and foremost, there's, there's awareness. Um, having awareness of the way that you speak, think, and act. That is definitely number one, is how is it that you portray yourself in this world and how can you do better? One of the best books that I personally have ever read, I would put this even on my top five. It's probably single-handedly the one that opened my eyes to racism and how it still exists today. Being somebody of the majority, not minority, or typically looking more like the majority versus the minority, I have not run into a lot of the issues that I learned about in this book. Um, This book single-handedly showed me all of the ways in which I could be an ally and how I can actually take actionable steps with my actions as opposed to just my thoughts and ideas and thinking and assuming I'm treating everybody with equality. So Kendi actually defines an anti-racist as somebody who is expressing an anti-racist idea or supporting an anti-racist policy with their actions. I think that part is the most important and crucial to this whole sentence, that they're supporting it with their actions. Um, He also defines an anti-racist idea as any idea that says the racial groups are equal. Pretty straightforward. Now, 
there is a difference between saying you're not racist versus you're anti-racist. So I'll take a little passage from the book to describe this because he writes it so perfectly. Kendi says, what is the problem with being not racist? It's a claim that signifies neutrality. Quote, I am not racist, but neither am I aggressively against racism. Quote, but there's no neutrality in the racism struggle. The opposite of racist isn't not racist. It is anti-racist. What's the difference? One endorses either the idea of a racial hierarchy as a racist or a racial equality as an anti-racist. So one either believes the problems are rooted in groups of people as a racist or locates the roots of problems in power and policies as an anti-racist. One either allows racial inequities to persevere as a racist or confronts racial inequities as an anti-racist. There is no in-between safe space of not racist. The claim of not racist neutrality is a mask for racism. Now, this may seem harsh, but it's important to outset that we apply one of the core principles of anti-racism, which is to return to the word racist itself back to its proper usage. Racist is not a pejorative. It's not the worst world in the English language. It's not the equivalent of a slur. It's descriptive. And the only way to undo racism is to consistently identify and describe it and then dismantle it. I love that definition. So that being said, now there, that we have a clear definition of racist versus anti-racist, you know how to speak about yourself. Um, now, a racist person is somebody who carries ideas or promotes uh, inequality among races, of course, on the opposite scale to that. So I think it is important that we take a look at some, some examples. Um, I think it's really crucial that we understand and recognize the systemic racism that still exists in Canada today. I do just want to be very clear and say that I cannot speak for anyone but myself. I cannot speak for people who are of color. I cannot speak for people who are indigenous. I really just can only speak from my own personal experience in this podcast and perhaps when I am better at audio editing and I can host some people on this show, I would love to hear from some other people. You know, facing the facts of racism, white privilege, and white supremacy is really hard It does take courage um, to really speak up for other people. I mean, courage takes vulnerability. Um, You know, as Brene Brown says, vulnerability is when we feel uncertainty, risk, or emotional exposure. Vulnerability takes courage. It takes learning how to be brave and afraid at the same time. Courage allows us to be an everyday hero and to inspire collective heroism. This, reading this makes me really emotional because I've firsthand witnessed 
just so many injustices through friends and it's just not fucking cool and this moves me so deeply that I knew I knew I had to create this episode because it's something we need to fucking work on we need to really do fucking better people should not be dying in 2023 over stupid shit and it needs to stop There is so much I could say in this episode, but I think it would be better heard from somebody who's actually experienced it and lived it. So I will leave that to another day. But what I can do is just speak from my own personal experience, which is like literally just a blip on the radar in the grand scheme of how serious this really is. Um... But yeah, TBD to hear some more stories from people who actually experience these things firsthand. Systemic racism can be experienced in a number of different ways. Indigenous and racialized people experience discrimination when they're constantly stopped by police, um, when they have reduced access to accommodation and employment to a disproportionate degree compared to the rest of the population. Even healthcare is guilty of this for sure. If you look at the statistics of black women who give birth versus white women who give birth, the instances of a black woman not making it out is significantly higher than that of a white woman. In the U.S., black women are two to six times more likely to die from complications of pregnancy than white women, depending on where they live. Total maternity morality rates range from 1.9 deaths per 100,000 in New Hampshire to 22.8 in the District of Columbia. And I got these stats from the National Institute of Health.gov, so they are legit. And since this is Life Lessons with Laura and I tell my story, I have a few different stories growing up. Um, First and foremost is growing up as a kid, I had darker skin than everybody else. While I am a majority, I really, especially in the wintertime, I definitely, definitely look much more white than any other race. Um, I do recall as a kid growing up and playing, I was made fun of for having tan skin. I was made fun of for looking darker than everybody else. And I actually remember being made fun of for the way that I looked and people mocking me and saying, are you mulatto? If you don't know what that means, it just means you're half black, half white and I didn't get it. I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, I probably am. Like, (laughs) I, I really probably am. Like, that sounds cool. Like, what, what is that? And of course, upon looking into it, I was like, man, yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, Little did I know I have African in my DNA deep down. (laughs) But another big part of my experience, aside from my childhood, was dating men that are of color. Um, I would get stared down in grocery stores. I would be looked at twice for paying the bill as I'm not sure if it's as a female or just because of the racial difference. Um, I noticed that they would get pulled over 
by police so much more. I honestly do not understand. I have not, I, I can count on one hand how many times I've been pulled over and my ex and other people I have dated, I, they cannot even count the amount of times. This is a real thing. This is still happening on a day-to-day basis in Canada. Like this is a real thing. I was also looking into some different studies. So in 2016, one quarter of the discrimination complaints filed with the Canadian Human Rights Commission were related to race, color, national or ethnic origin or religion. So that's actually insanity because in 2017, 43% of reported hate crimes were motivated by hate related race or ethnic origin. There's a reason why this episode came second, because people are actually dying because of this. This is not a joke. This is not something to take lightly. This is something we need to take actionable steps to do better. The last and final example is the labor market. So studies show that a job applicant with a name that sounds African or Arabic or Latin American is likely to be discriminated against during the hiring process. Moreover, there's a substantial difference in the unemployment rate between immigrants um, versus the rest of the population. So, for example, in 2006, from 2006 to 2015, the unemployment rate averaged 5.8% in the population born in Canada versus 11.2% among immigrants. This is such a drastic difference for the labor market to acknowledge, admit, and post about, and we can only do better from here. So, in terms of actionable steps and ways in which we can be an ally and anti-racist, I have compiled a list of five different ways that we can take actionable steps towards becoming an anti-racist ourselves. This is how we grow. We have to learn new things. We have to first acknowledge our own biases and acknowledge our own upbringings and potentially white supremacy, the white things that we've been brainwashed to believe, um, the things that culture and society have laughed off as jokes, and they're not. This is how we do the work. We take these steps and we actually act on them and we grow from it. Five actionable steps you can take today to work in favor of being an anti-racist and in favor of anti-racism. Step number one, hold your friends and family accountable. It all starts with you. It all starts with those side conversations you have at home with the funny little remarks that your mom, dad, sister, brother, friend make. You need to explore, inquire, and ask questions about those perspectives and ideologies. You have to acknowledge their feelings and restate what they say to check for accuracy. From this place, you can then begin to explore solutions together and how to do better, how to speak with more care and decency and in a way that is anti-racist. Number two, you can attend workshops, conferences, events, and protests that focus on race-related issues. 
there's always something going on in the local community in Canada, being so close to Toronto, Ontario. Aside from that, you can, of course, look up any workshops to do some anti-racist work. You can attend conferences, you can attend events, and just really show face, show up and be there, be this person that you wish to embody. Of course, as I mentioned in episode one, my belief is that we are all tiny sponges walking on earth, absorbing our experiences. So number three is to learn more to diversify your knowledge and keep checking in on your information bias. You can subscribe to newsletters from nonprofits that are focused on racial equality and diversify your news outlets to include different viewpoints. Um, there are a lot of different ideologies and native news, news outlets that you can go to to diversify your viewpoints. Something that I personally do with my social media is I try to follow a wide variety of accounts. I'm following some carnivore accounts, I'm following some vegan accounts, I'm following bodybuilding accounts, fitness accounts, CrossFit accounts, I'm following indigenous accounts and Black Lives Matter accounts, I'm following really just a very wide range of accounts. For example, I consider myself spiritual, but I still have a lot of followers who are Christian or Catholic or what have you, Buddhist even, you know, I have, um, so I like to diversify, just like they tell you with investments, you know, diversify your portfolio, don't know if you've heard that before, but just like they tell you with your, with your investments, you know, I mean, diversify the people you follow, the news you're paying attention to, and really just provide yourself with as much information as possible to think critically and to be able to think for yourself. That's something that I pride myself on that I will probably never stop doing is the fact that, um, yeah, I just, I want to be that person who is not afraid of a new opinion, a new idea, a new learning, a new teaching, because we all have something we can teach each other and ultimately learn from one another. As we float through this life, you know, I have my experiences and you have yours, but that doesn't mean that you can't teach me anything because you, you believe, you know, you have a different faith than me. That doesn't mean that um, I can't teach you something because I'm white. That doesn't mean that, you know, you get, you get where I'm going with this. <laughs> so really just do not close any doors to learning something new. My personal perspective, do not close any doors to learning something new and just continue to be a sponge and just absorb your experiences, absorb your teachings. It can be uncomfortable, to be honest. Like I said earlier, you know, it does take courage. It takes the ability to stop and self-reflect and really ask yourself the hard questions. You know, what ways do I show up in my life as a racist person? You can also utilize different resources, i.e. educational videos. You can look up news articles um, that have a more nuanced analysis through a lens of race and ethnicity. 
Um, this will include updates and actionable steps that you can take as well. And of course, like being a white woman, I am not the type of person who can really speak to this, but I highly, highly encourage you to look for people that are of color that can actually speak to these types of issues with more conviction, clarity, and from personal experience. Step number four is to learn with humility. We have to be able to acknowledge our upbringings and all the ways racial inequity has shown up in our lives. We have to be open enough to understand that we were at one point part of the problem if we are not still to this day part of the problem. We have to acknowledge that white supremacy exists and we have to acknowledge that we sometimes benefit from that. And we need to focus as well on tipping the scales back towards being a more equal playing field for everybody on earth. Number five, support the work, art, and business of people of color. So institutional and systemic barriers have led to a lack of representation and support for so many marginalized communities in mainstream media, politics, and organizations. So it is extremely important to champion their work and highlight their work in movies, art, shows, books, and music by promoting it on social media, by purchasing their materials or their artwork, and really just recognizing and embracing their contributions to their respective industries. So those are my top five steps to being an ally, being an anti-racist, and I really hope that you're able to take one of the steps today or maybe just pause after this episode and really contemplate everything that was said. These issues are still happening today. This is July of 2023. In order to do better, we all have to do our part. Whatever way you grew up, there's some form of racism in the way that most of us grew up because there's clearly racist systems in place today and they're there for a reason. They're not there because they existed once upon a time and then poof disappeared. They're there because systemically over time they have been ingrained. And in order to catalyst that or counteract that, we really have to each step up to the plate, step up to the bar and do what we can. So it starts with you, your own actions, and really just trying to improve yourself first. Once you're comfortable with that, then you can reach out, branch out. Um, you can consistently try to learn more. You know, so by nature, I mean, as human beings, we are perfectly imperfect. So now that you have this new knowledge, get out there, try your best, and, you know, it's okay if you don't get everything 100% correct on the first go. It's okay if it takes you time to unlearn bad habits and relearn new, better habits. It's all a beautiful process that we call life, and with that being said... I would love to invite you to just take in everything I have shared over the last however many minutes and take a moment with me and just pause to really drink in this information and contemplate on your own.
just for a few seconds. I'd like you to straighten your posture, check in with your shoulders, and maybe roll them up, back, and down. If you're able to safely close your eyes and you're not driving or something like that, please close your eyes for a moment. Take a nice deep inhale through your nose. And exhale out your mouth. Good. One more in through the nose. Pause. And out through the mouth. You are doing the best that you can and that is enough. I want you to continue doing the best that you can and continue knowing that that is enough. Thank you as always for your precious, precious time from the bottom of my heart. The fact that you're listening to this right now puts such a huge smile on my face. This is what I love doing and I just appreciate you beyond words. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Life Lessons with Laura.